Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, welcome back to Watch Less, Complex's podcast about movies and television, all that pop culture shit. You know how we do. It's your boy, Cal. Deputy Editor, Complex's Pop Culture Channel. As always, Fraser Tharp, the Summer Man Senior Editor, is on as well. Say what's good to the people, Fraser. Yes, sir. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Really appreciate all the uh, the love and support you guys have been giving us over the last couple of months, especially during quarantine season. Kind of chill episode today, but I think it's an episode that is probably more dire in this time of quarantine and self-isolation. Uh, I know I, over the weekend, shouts out to former watch less, uh, guest Trinidad James. He was <laughs> on Twitter. I guess he was on Twitter looking for shit to watch. And, uh, he, he randomly hit me up and was like, yo, uh, do I watch the, the new Chris Hemsworth movie on Netflix? Do I start watching the Sopranos? And I'm like, you know, you can do anything. Anything you want to do is great, but if you it, what you need to do at some point <laughs> is watch The Sopranos. And no lie, he hit me. It was a Saturday early evening. I think by the following day, he had gone through like seven episodes of The Sopranos. So he and hit the right one up. Yeah, he hit the. I he he ended up watching the, the the Chris Hemsworth movie. I think the day after, but yeah, he he got bit by the. He kept tweeting. He was like, just like how you were, because you were watching Sopranos not too long ago. And he's. Like, I was like, just watching I'm, Sopranos before we sat down and record this. I'm on the. Um, well, what episode is he on? I think when the last I checked in, it was say, episode seven of season one. So he t- he was hitting me like yo Mike Epps like da 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 like Scorsese like he was already you know he was lit getting into it. how far are you? Well, so this morning I just watched the Bokeem Woodbine episode, which is not a high point. Not a high point. That was an interesting one. Not a high point at all, though. I did not That's- like. I don't. I don't remember any of this shit. So it's it's all like fairly new for me. Was that but, that um, was season two? No, I'm still in one. That's late season one. Yeah, it's like in the home stretch. Yeah, I I remember he had like a whole house or something like that that they went to. But uh, well, it's like anytime these '90s shows uh, portray like a rapper back yeah. then, it's like the biggest caricature. He was because he's beefing with Heshi. <laughs> he over was royalties. He was when I saw it. I remember being like, "This is Master P." That's he has so many ch- rings; it's ridiculous. <laughs> those those long silk shirts and everything. Yeah, what what a time. What and then, of course, you know, even as much as I don't remember the show that well, I remember it well enough to know that anytime some black shit comes up, it's a little cringe. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it's funny. Actually, you know, we're we're not in the business of, of promoting other people, but it is funny to uh, the the Talking Sopranos podcast with mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Michael Imperioli and Steve Shrippa. They're doing every episode. I think they ju- this week they just did the the uh, college episode from Classic. season one. Which uh, was a really good conversation that they had there, but it is funny because that's Steve's conversation is always 
could you do it at this point? I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not. I mean, they're being true to the culture, right? You know, yes. that culture yeah. is is can be very racist, even casually. Yeah. And uh, but I do because so I used to watch this show kind of just with my parents, mm-hmm. and that's why I only remember the later seasons as I was like a teenager and like really clued into what was going on. Got you. But I remember being like 15 or 16 and seeing the episode where um chris is dating is seeing juliana margulies on mm-hmm. the low yeah and he doesn't want to tell them so he tells them he has a black girlfriend <laughs> and they're just making jokes the whole episode I'm like what the fuck is it's, this it's, i mean that's 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 the culture i mean there are people that are out there there who, who are like that um, and i know at some point meadow it's a black boyfriend, right? Wow! Yeah, yeah. Season that's, three. Yeah, I know that's gonna be awkward. Fuck. There's, there's, and and it's sad because like Tony Soprano is such like an iconic character, but a lot of the 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 worst lines, especially towards black people, come from him. Like he's got a lot of one liners about her uh, her mixed race <laughs> boyfriend because he's black and Jewish. Well, so, well that, that, that's a point I was going to bring up because I'm so, you know, and this is a good segue into today's topic. Mm-hmm. So I'm also rewatching Mad Men. Yes. And, uh, you know, Sopranos was like 98, I think it started. 99. Mad Men started 10 years later, but even still, they like to be true to the era. They have um, the first season of that show is wildly rampant with racist Jewish jokes. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I think you have to be you have to be prepared for stuff like that, or even hell, you know, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about me rewatching uh Twin Peaks, and there's some there's some sus in Twin Peaks. It's not sus, but it's kind of like you you have to remember the time. Like I have to realize that in early 1990 for this show. There really aren't going to be that many people of color. I don't. It's all white people. Oh yeah. Well, I it's, mean, isn't it in Washington State? That's that's true to life today, right? It's 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 a hundred percent true to life. I I just think if they did a Twin Peaks in twenty twenty, you would get a couple of token. Oh yeah, color yeah, yeah. In the, there. the log lady would have been black. Facts, facts, or 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 like she would have had like hot sauce in her purse with the log <laughs> pulling up. <laughs> <laughs> or to be on the weird like uh, Wes Anderson shit, where like there's always this one like stoic, you know, spiritual person of color, whether they're a Native American or something like that. I don't know. That's as good a segue as any though to get into what we're talking about today. Yeah, you, um, you, you came up with the idea. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, in quarantine, I think it's it's very easy to say you're going to use this time to watch all the shit that you haven't seen. Word. And that's certainly very fun. I've been doing it more so with like movies. I think I've been going down a lot of like movies I just never got to. Yeah. But um, it's also a fun time to rewatch things, and I see a lot of people are rewatching shit as much as they're watching new shit. And this is something that's evergreen. I think without even being in quarantine, I think because um, there was a time when I was just like watching. I started watching like Seinfeld every day before work, mm-hmm. and I think rewatching is comfort food in a way. That's like, you know, it's peak TV and we have so many choices and so many different like subcultures you can jump into. There's something for everybody, but it's also this adverse effect of like, now there are so many choices. You're just so overwhelmed. You just want to retreat to some old shit that you already knew and loved. Yeah, I think that's, we see that the most with shows like The Office where everybody, I mean, I I think aside from you, pretty much everybody you walk, you you walk into, (laughs) you talk about, you talk about TV with, it's like, they know The Office. And I feel 
that being on that when that's not on Netflix and if people don't migrate to Peacock, it's going to be interesting to see what that next show is going to be, because that's one of those things I know people just throw on the office. I, I've done it before. You let six episodes slide by. It's just sitting on in the background. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or think about the um, the bidding war for friends. Yes. Like that, you know, mm-hmm. it's like even with all the original content out there, all this this legacy stuff still rates. 100 percent. But I think it's times like this. Shouts out to anybody who is a non-essential person at their job who has to stay home and has no work to do. Because I, I envy at least like a 10-hour block out the day to be like, yo, I don't have to do shit but sit on this couch and watch TV. Facts. I, I'm I mean, here. I'm on a corner with like one earphone in like at 10 o'clock or 12 o'clock at night trying to sneak shit on my phone just because there's so much going on because of what we do. It's hard. Right. I mean, it's definitely great to, to still work and still have that security, but it's also like not always the, uh, you know, the extended weirdo vacation that some people are making quarantine out to be it's like you can work very well from home 100 percent. but i again i'm envious and i i I get mad i've been i've been i actually this episode feels like it's going to be an education more so for me because i'm trying to get into that mentality of generally re-watching like on the regular like i do anytime somebody asks we'll get into this shit in a second anytime somebody asks me like yo is there a what are you doing? Da 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 da. What are you watching? You watching anything good? I'm like, I can't worry about a lot of old stuff because there's so much new shit coming. Like I know in my in my screeners account, there's four episodes oh. of some shit that's not coming out. Overload. It's too much. So it's I I almost feel I feel like I'm doing a disservice to myself if I spend so much time watching, especially stuff I've consumed a lot. I I put The Sopranos on hold for a bit. Just to kind of Sorry. take in some other uh, some other series and things, but yeah, let's get into it. A, a, a topic you affectionately titled Eight Simple Rules for Rewatching TV." Yes, Jeez. and I think one thing to note at the top is that this goes like so. I'd mentioned that you know I was I was throwing on Seinfeld for work, and you know I think the stuff we're going to get into today is more or less like a strictly like drama narrative series kind of deal. Like sitcoms are a much looser thing, especially for something like Seinfeld that's like always on or friends. And you kind of know those episodes through osmosis. Yeah. Like, you know, I wasn't seated watching that shit before work. I was moving around, brushing my teeth and breakfast, shit like that. This is more so for like the shit like we've been talking about, like, Mad Men, The Sopranos. Um, you mentioned that you just started rewatching The Leftovers. Finally, yeah, we'll get into that. Jesus, I just finished season one, so we'll, you know, I, I think uh, we'll, you'll hear the leftovers come up a lot. The first is probably one of the more interesting rules. Yeah, but re- regarding letting time pass, I feel like that's something I do a lot, but I don't know how how much how often and how much time people put in between the first time they've watched the show and then when they'll pick it back up. Well, so these are pretty much all rules I observe, but this one I think is the most important. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, so I'm rewatching Mad Men right now Mm -hmm. and I've seen some of these episodes here and there, some less than others. I know they're broad strokes, but for the most part, I pretty much only watched it live Mm -hmm. and the show premiered in 07 and went off in like, I want to say 15. So that's at least five years. And um, it creates like a really weird sensation where it's like, 
Because think about it. So for the leftovers, right? Mm-hmm. You're rewatching that, but that really wasn't that long ago. No, it was 2014, which six years from when it started. That seems like, crazy now. <laughs> it, it feels like a TV eternity, but no, you're right. It's only been six years. It's only yeah. been six years. So, I mean, obviously not something as uh, extreme as The Sopranos, which I didn't, I hadn't seen since that aired, and that we're talking like 20, 25 years. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it creates a really interesting sensation where um, it's almost like you're watching it for the first time again. Yeah, yeah. Because, like I said, you remember the broad strokes, but there are these small little details and characters and, you know, this person popping up then or not until this part that almost feel relatively new because you forgot like the nuances and the rhythms of all those stories. You just remember the the highlights. Fact. You know? I think with the, the leftovers more so than other shows, again, cause I, I, ju- I literally just finished season one two days ago. At the time this airs, it'll be two days ago, but I, I didn't go back and rewatch the show. Although it is personally like one of my favorite shows from the last 10 years. Same. More so because of season two and season three, which especially season two. Season two's got a very special part in my heart. High art. High art. And I think watching the first season for the first time, knowing what I know after, it, 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 I mean, I think you said it best. It definitely feels like I'm watching some of this stuff for the first time. There's definitely things that I remember. I remember... When I remember the, the the episode nine when they go back in the day and you show them you show all the characters you've seen in the first eight episodes before the departure, but it's Brilliant. it's like it, it's a f- fucking fantastic episode. But it's it's like you know should this have happened this late? Do some of the story beats hit the same? Looking at it with twenty twenty eyes, it's a weird show to rewatch. You know, <laughs> yeah, at least that that first season it it. Some points hit the same. Some points are kind of like, eh. At the very least, it's always cool to see what nuggets they did keep. And then again, also for me to reemphasize the strong points as well as the low points, which are mostly Holy Wayne. I don't know what the fuck. R.I.P. And <sighs> like another note about this one, too, is um. so I've been thinking about rewatching uh, Breaking Bad soon. Oh, yeah. I don't know anytime soon, but at some point. And, you know, that is kind of, I've always compared that show to one of my all-time favorite shows, The Shield. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about, especially a show like The Shield is, um, as great as that show is, a lot of it is suspense. Yeah. And so a point I had talked about, you know, my uncle, who I talk TV with all the time, almost never rewatches things. Oh, wow. Because his contention is that, uh, you know, it's not going to hit the same when there's no suspense, like the Hank Cousins shootout, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's why I think you benefit a little bit from letting some real time elapse because then it's like you can't, like, predict every moment off the top of your hand. It's like, I don't think Breaking Bad seasons three and four would hit in a rewatch that I did a couple years ago as much as they would hit now. No, 100%. I mean, for people that don't know how the sausage is made in the complex bullpen, you've probably seen Frazier tweet, Sometimes about shit that I put on on the T. We have a TV in our area that I'll just randomly throw shit on TV, movies, whatever. Shouts out to all the streaming services that we subscribe to. Before El Camino dropped, I randomly just we we ran through Breaking Bad. We keep keep it on mute at the job. We'll unmute certain points depending on how 
hard those scenes hit. And I remember the shootout scene when that went down, I think that was a, it was an unmuted, maybe seven of us standing around the TV <laughs> at like 1030 in the morning one day. But that was the first time I'd watched it. I feel like I've rewatched Breaking Bad at least once, but it's been a good amount of time in between those rewatches. I actually, I can't wait until Better Call Saul is done. Cause I think the plan is a full Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, El Camino, you know, a full, oh, a full run through, through. but it's, I've not rewatched. I don't think I've watched any episodes of better call Saul for a second time. And there's been some that are really fire. So, you know, it, I like saving that kind of stuff. Cause I know, and again, the nature of our job, there's so much shit that we're watching. I, I end up just forgetting just because it's not in the forefront of my, I'll know last, exactly. week's, last week's episode of insecure is sitting way farther in my mind than, something in season six of the Sopranos. So I think, you know, you, you can just, it's like giving yourself presents every time you uh, pull back some of those episodes. All right. Number two, number two, watching with someone who hasn't seen the show before. That's an interesting one. Yeah. And it kind of goes into the last point we were just talking about. It's like, what are ways to make something that you've already seen before less stale? Yeah. Yeah. And, it's watching with someone who hasn't seen it and who preferably really has no idea. Carissa's watching Mammon with me now, but mm-hmm. that show is not even really very like spoiler plotty. Yeah. But even still, there are like some details that it's really interesting to watch play out to someone who has no idea what's, what's coming. coming. Yeah, yeah. That, and, happened, uh, that happened with me and my wife when she finally got into the office. Right. Because she also, it's like, it's different than, than when you put someone who um, isn't in, in our world and watches as much TV as we do, and then you just haven't gotten to something yet. Yeah. Because they still kind of know. Fact. Like, if I if I got you to watch Mad Men, finally, which will never happen. It, it, it's going to happen at some point. It, it might in 2022. <laughs> Facts. But there's, there are things that you, whether it was through memes or GIFs or people talking about it around you mm-hmm. physically or on Twitter. There are things you would piece together almost. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, I feel like there's plot points that I probably know a little more. Right. About. Yeah, yeah. Where like, you know, I remember Carice and I, so before this we were watching Buffy mm-hmm. and it was fun because she had no idea that it led off into the spinoff show. She had no idea about all these different kinds of, twists and turns that the story takes. Oh, wow. It's, it's always really fun to, like, watch those um, twists land in, like, a really pure way. And yeah. that, that, in turn, gives you, like, a, a, a separate way to, like, kind of evaluate. Because um, for me, like, rewatching is, like, a, still a critical thing, too. Mm-hmm. Like, we watch TV critically, and you can still get some some critiques out of rewatching the show to see how they did what they did and what was effective, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. watching it, uh, playoff to someone new is like almost judging it by proxy. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think because um, I know I know for me, especially when I'm watching something that I know we're going to be diving into, whether it's on the show or on the site or what have you, I watch a lot of that stuff solo. Mm-hmm. So, so I I think you can, like you said, there's a lot you can gain from having those outside opinions that aren't you know me and you. Right, critic to critic, talking about stuff. I, I that that's one thing I always say about this isn't a rewatch thing, but just like I 
actually it kind of is. What I told myself, at least with with Marvel movies and, and Star Wars movies, I always go to this press screening, and then I have to go to just like a regular theater screening with a bunch of quote unquote civilians. Because I, I, there's been times. Oh. Yeah, who you watch with definitely determines, you know, your perspective on a movie a little bit. Yeah, but it's also like just the like the conversations that come out. Like for example, when I saw uh, the Last Jedi with a packed house of critics who seemed like 90% were Star Wars diehards. There's scenes that hit different with that crowd, whether it's you know. Laura Dern flying a, a, a spaceship through another spaceship or, you know, some of these cameo callouts that do not hit in a pack theater of just people that there's probably a couple of, you know, Star Wars heads in there. And then there's people that just like, I want to see the new movie. I don't want to get right. spoiled. They, they're going to hit differently. And it's, it's always it intrigues me watching okay, The Office with my wife and seeing how she reacts to certain characters who I might hate. And she might fuck with, you know, it just, it, it puts a different spin on things. And I think it's for critics. I think it's beneficial for us specifically to know totally what a normal person reacts to when they're watching TV. There's shit well, I'm I mean, think about that, it. Go ahead. Think about it. Like outside of, uh, of screenings too. It's like before we were, um, you know, just going to every critic screening and it's, you know, the biggest variables are Lincoln or, or Times Square. Yeah. If you're just seeing a movie on your own, what are the things you decide? You decide who am I going to see this with and where am I going to see it? Word. 100%. It's interesting. It's definitely an interesting one. Moving on to number three, which is key, and this is something I really appreciate, is watching the show like it's new. Yes. Which... I, it's it's something I try and institute anyway. I mean, for me, I watch a lot of stuff. When I was leaving the house, I was watching a lot of stuff back and forth on the train. So I had no choice. It was me, solitary, in front of a, a computer screen or whatever, diving into something, not worrying about the timeline, not worrying about, you know, if if, if my dinner is ready, what time the Uber Eats is coming or whatever. You know, Locked really in. Get, Giving that undivided time, and I think the problem a lot of people have is because they've seen it before, they'll be on their phone the whole time, or or you know they'll be having a conversation like you aren't purposely trying to re. If it's background stuff, keep it in the background, but don't call yourself actually right. rewatching a show. Yeah, like if you're sitting down to to rewatch Mad Men or Breaking Bad. Just because you've seen it before, I think it's doing the rewatch a disservice if you make it like a laundry show. Facts. You know? Facts. I I know it's a, no matter what I'm doing, no matter how many times I've sat through season three of The Sopranos, if I know I'm locking into this hour of television to like really sit and and, and, and spend some time, I might have my phone on me, but I'm not. My my, my laptop's over there. No, you know, laptop I'm, and phone are two different things. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. Because you and I watch so much shit. I think like I trust myself to be on my phone, but still be paying attention. Yeah. Because I, you know, I know I've been doing this for so long. I know how to watch, and if I really feel like I missed like a stray glance, I'll rewind. Word, word. But um, but, you know, it's it's all about like almost recreating how you watched it when it wasn't like Joe mentioned this when he was talking about curb and 
anybody who knows Joe, you know, he's super ADD. Always on that phone. Always on his phone. And, he, you know, he mentioned that New Curb has his attention so much that he pretty much puts the phone down as much as he can. Yeah, yeah. And that's definitely how I used to be with Mad Men when it was on. Like, I, a show like Mad Men, that's, you know, supposedly, like, high art, like, every detail, mm-hmm. every glance matters. Um, I tried really not to be on my phone at all, which is rare. And I'm still trying to do that rewatching now. Yeah, I think you have to treat it as appointment television. You know, I think you exactly. have you have to give yourself because it, it, again, d- doing it a disservice is the perfect way of putting it. You have to really if if you're really trying to rewatch this and not just throw some shit on because you have nothing else to do, you should give it that time. And 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 if it's something where all right, I need to just set aside an hour or two and watch these couple episodes and do what I have to do, do that. But make that block of time and make it as, you know, uh, chill and as tuned out of the rest of the world as you can. And and again, it's only going to benefit you if you're really trying to say, I've seen this show, I want to invest this time to put back into it so I can figure out if it's dope, if it's not dope, what did I miss? You know, does it hit the same? Like I don't, and I don't think you can do that if you're on the timeline trying to figure out what the fuck is going on, or or doing work on the side. Which is like, if I'm doing work and I throw something on the TV, I'm either yeah. doing the work or I'm watching what's on TV. It can't be right. both. It can't be right, both. right, right. But uh, that's 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 why I watch a lot of shit at night too. And like we always joke about me tweeting about shit I'm watching at like three a.m. But it's like fucking vampire. You know, you mentioned distractions too. Like even if you're not logged into Slack or Gchat. Like, if I threw something on right now, my phone's still going to be going off with people hitting me up or, like, some kind of news alert hitting. Sure. You know, it's kind of impop. Like, the, the wee hours of the morning are more guaranteed time to, like, have no interruptions. Yes. Scary hours is probably the best hours to rewatch. <laughs> what you need to watch. That should have been a rule. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll re- when we re- Get some <laughs> sleep, kids. Don't be like us. <laughs> In the revised edition, we'll, we'll remix some of these names. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Number four. Don't binge. Do not binge. You know how I feel about binging. You've got whole pieces on the site talking about the beauty of weekly watching. I think a show like Insecure could probably get away with a decent binge, but I think it being a show on HBO where it drops once a week, as opposed to 10 episodes dropping on Netflix, it hits different. It hits way. It does. The conversations hit different. The I think inter- it makes the creators step up. Yeah. You, you have to, you, cause you have to, that you know, you're going to have to pay something off. And I think you can, you can do it in more unique ways when you're not, making shows that are immediately are immediately going to skip the intro, skip the end credits and all that stuff and give you just another episode of the television. I learned this with the left because leftovers is not a good binge, at least leftovers season one. 
No. Well, that's the thing too. What I was gonna say about even a show like Insecure, like it's basically like a almost a sitcom. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that you're weekly and you're not at least the first time gonna be consumed all at once, it makes like you got to feed the people a little bit more. Yes. Like the episodes are meatier, and for something that's like super prestige and and um, you know dramatic like the leftovers they really put a lot into just one episode yeah so i can imagine like i well i can't imagine sitting down to watch one episode of leftovers and it's like this emotional tour de force and like yeah i can do two more hours of that like it was just it's i I do not i'm dead inside (laughs) i was dead inside before leftover season one rewatch but I there were a couple times where I did maybe like three ep. I think I did the first three episodes back to back to back, and I'm like, I I forgot that there was I forgot there was so much time just went by in the first season. Like it was, I I like there were episodes where it was like, yo, they would make mention of something that happened a couple months ago, and I'm like, wait, a couple months? It just happened. <laughs> Episode four. This is five. Like what? It 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 just it made for. I don't know if it was just for me, but it was a real confusing watch where I think it made more sense when you had that seven-day time frame in between the two. And I'm not saying rewatch shows or the way you would watch them first run, but I think... Yeah, you don't need seven days in between. And it might be beneficial for some people if you're watching... Like, I don't know how many shows you're you're juggling right now in terms of rewatches. It probably benefits... I don't want to say doing a whole schedule, but being able to say, hey, I'm going to watch an episode or two of this, and then maybe I'll let it sit for a day, watch something else, and then come back to it in a couple days, I think you're going to get a better benefit. And you're also not going to burn out. Again, like watching, watching especially sitcoms, especially sitcoms from like the 90s and the early 2000s where there are 20-some episodes in a season. If you have nothing to do, you're going to burn through that shit really quickly, and then the question is going to be, well, now what? Whereas opposed to like, let's say I've got, I've got two or three shows that I'm trying to rewatch right now. Um, I can put one down, dive into another, maybe get a little crazy and do like, like I'm, I'm trying to rewatch Dead to Me before it premieres next week on Netflix. I know oh, wow. with, with half hour episodes and 10 episodes a season or 10 episodes in that season, I can burn through a good four or five episodes at a clip. Um, which will give me enough of a buffer to when I say, okay, let's get the season two of the leftovers. I'll have a little bit of space and I can, I'm letting stuff digest to where I'm not, especially with season two, because leftover season two is a problem. I'm, I'm letting, letting myself kind of marinate on what I've just rewatched before I take in, you know, the next set of episodes. I think it's key. Yeah. And I think, you know, a last note on that is from the, the binging thing that I wrote last year. I think it was about Netflix or whatever. Yeah. But um, one of the points that I brought up was that, you know, a show like Mad Men puts so much into one episode and, like, different stylistic uh, mm-hmm. tendencies and all types of shit. Like, they really made it stand out that you kind of lose some of that shit watching it all in succession. No, 100%. And, and, I th- and that probably goes into the next point with the idea of, uh, you know... Not getting frustrated, I think just keeping up with the show in terms of season to season. Mad Men is how many seasons? Seven. So, you know, this this is this is something that happened to me, and I think one of the things that's important about uh rewatching stuff now in quarantine is that you know you have the time for it. 
because mm-hmm. there have been times where I was just thinking about a show or whatever and just said, fuck it, even though we have like dozens of new shows to watch at any given month. And there have been numerous times, I think, um, there have been numerous times where I started a show with every intent of rewatching it, and then you look up and seven months have passed, and yeah. it's just, it doesn't feel the same way to get back into it. You almost feel like you have to start over. You ruined all the, you know, the the work, for lack of a better word, that you did. My my, my current Sopranos rewatch has been going on for two years now. Mind you, <laughs> I, 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 I'll break it down. I when I when I had cable and I subscribed to all the HBOs, one of the HBO channels just showed it showed Sopranos one episode a night weeknights. I rewatched the entire series that way, maybe two or three times and this is around the time it was before james gandolfini died because then they did it again r.i.p to the god um since that point i think since he passed and i did that final rewatch i'd not watch it again for maybe like three or four years after or something like that i started watching and i remember i was up to i was in season three during christmas that year and I was like wrapping gifts, and I just threw it on. I'm like, yeah, da 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 da. And I saved. I stopped before. I stopped before the Pine Barrens episode, and then it just left. And I think it wasn't until was it late last year, early this year, when I picked it up, and I was like, shit, this is an amazing show. But I picked it up from that point, and I kind of I, I burned through the whole thing until where I'm at now, in the middle of season six. So yeah, it's been a couple years of, of rewatching The Sopranos with a long lull in between, and I think, you know, again to your point, it was a little difficult. To, I mean, it helped that it was a Pine Barrens episode; it's one of the best episodes of the show, let alone right. of a television I've ever watched. But going on some of those like random middle of the road episodes it would have been a little more stressful or a little more confusing to just pick it up from nowhere. So I, I definitely agree. You got to, it, again, it's not like season one's done. Let me immediately pick up season two, but you exactly. shouldn't go, you shouldn't be going, you know, I two weeks might be the longest you should go before pick. If this happened to me two big times. So when lost turned like 10 or 15 or something, I wrote, uh, a retrospective on the first season and that led to me rewatching the first season mm. and I made it like a couple episodes into season two and then just you know life got in the way yeah and it just like you know next year it's not going to be the same picking that yeah, back 100%. up yeah and it happened to me last year I was trying to rewatch uh Battlestar Galactica which I, have you ever done that no I've, I've never watched it initially that's a great show at some point but, that, yeah, that'll be that'll be 2025 I made it season two into that, and then uh, at press time, still haven't gone back. And it's like now it's kind of fucked. So yeah, twenty twenty five, then I'll join you. <laughs> and knowing you, being the the hyper completist you'll be, you'll go back to season one and start watching. I ha- I have to. That's the only way I can be. I used to think I could be that way, but it might have been with leftover season two. I think I felt like I needed to rewatch the first season, and at like when they do the recap. At that point, I was like, oh, I remember this shit, and I just kept going. And I've been fine with it, but I do think everybody's not like that, and it probably behooves you to just start from the beginning and keep it moving. Number five. Oof. Uh, take note of foreshadowing. You know, this I is, think this is one of the nerdier ones. 
I was going to say, this is one of the tougher ones for people who aren't, like, casual viewers. Well, it's just, like, it doesn't have to be tough. It's more just, like, if you are rewatching something, then I think it, it's a note that we brought up before, which mm-hmm. is, like, you know, um, there's critical value in rewatching something. And it, even though it may not seem like it at first, you can kind of, you know, maybe it's just for me because I like, I like the idea of, like, making TV myself, so it's almost like studying. Yeah. But um, the, the benefit of knowing how a story is going to turn out, what's going to happen to a character, which two characters will get together, all types of twists and stuff. The benefit of knowing that beforehand is then seeing how the writers build to it effectively or if they don't. Facts. And, and think- when they kind of course correct. Cause it's also fun, especially when you watch something like, um, you know, like Buffy or something from the 90s that was made back when you know because now tv's shorter and it most of it releases at once so it's all written at once yeah but back in the day even for something like lost that was just uh two decades ago it used to have um writers reacting in real time to the viewers reactions i remember because they were only they were only six weeks ahead or something so if the viewers weren't fucking with you know like a pairing that that the show seemed to be heading towards they would pull out yeah. Or some other kind of plot line. One of the... I, I've always been on the nerdier side of things, but Lost was probably, like, the peak pop culture nerdery for me. I was so into it. And that might have been the... Actually, that was the first TV show where I followed the podcast. Mm. It, it, Damon Shout and, out Doc Jensen. Well, not even Doc Jensen. It was the ABC one. It was Damon and Carlton. They would put oh, on shit. The, they would do... They did the podcast. I... It was they were pretty consistent with. It. I think they did it weekly, but they were that was how I understood how the show was made. The idea of basically we have a whiteboard, we have an arc. We know shit that is going to happen during the show, but we don't have the firm coursework. So if we need to move right. something up or move something back, we can do that and not fuck with the entire story, but we can also add shit in that can be a response to characters being more popular or needing to, you know, flesh out some storyline a little more. I think that, that was intriguing to me and then, and seeing how that paid off. And I think there's, there are a number of points in a number of shows where you can see that type of stuff benefiting. And I mean, just for me and just enjoying a story and those little nuggets of information that you can latch onto and then pick up later on. I, right. that, I That's what I noticed with the leftovers. There were things, cause I, I forgot, for example, and spoiler alert for a six year old show. I forgot that in the finale, we got ghost Patty. Plum. Forgot, oh, I don't remember that. Plum forgot that she showed. <laughs> he's talking to his dad in the spot and his dad's like, don't turn around. It's like the fuck you don't want to turn around. I'm, I'm one of. He's like, don't turn around. He turns around. Homegirl pops out. I'm like, oh shit! She was such a big thing in the show, and then it made me remember how involved she was with his storyline, and it made me also just question shit about because I'm still trying to figure out, dude, that was shooting the dogs. Yeah, they did such a play with you know, is he real? Is he not real? And adding these other elements, you're only doing yourself justice by trying to pay as much attention as you can to some of those details and having prior knowledge helps out a lot with that as well. It's fun to watch 
like a, a beautifully crafted story come together and shit like Mad Men and I'm sure Breaking Bad will have that same effect. And it's also fun to watch them dig themselves out of holes. Facts. It dives into rule number seven in, in our list of just looking at the new details. I think um, having the prior knowledge and understanding what the story is going to be is only going to benefit you by now looking back and saying, okay, where did they tie these pieces in before? You know, there, there's and there's going to be some things that seem so small at the time that you realize right. are much larger later, or there's things you're not even going to realize that were there that was, were, if it was snuck in or you just weren't paying attention, that pay off a lot better in in a rewatch than in. An, I, I find that happens for me a lot, especially being you know so much of a critic. I think it's hard to to find every little piece, so it's good to it's yeah. good to go back in time and and, and really examine how much they how much effort was put into some of these prestige shows and you know it doesn't even have to be something as big as that or like a plot detail sometimes it's just like a shot that's dope or a line like Mad Men's a great example because Mad Men is a show that has a ton of famous just shots a ton of famous like one-liners but for all of that like it's there's still ones that are less heralded that are still great word that maybe didn't make you know the highlight reel but it they're great to to stumble upon again well it's 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 also funny too because even with the show again we mentioned insecure a couple times i i wasn't watching the show and realizing that there were like all these drake references or all these you know frank ocean references until Mm, until they're pointed out and i think once you get past the idea of okay here's the beginning middle end of the season now you can start paying attention and finding those little easter eggs and whatnot um that that might not be as noticeable on an initial watch. Although well, the only show that I'll rewatch on the regular is Atlanta. I can't tell okay. you, I can't tell you how many times at least Robin season I've gone through season 2 of that like a good four or five times. It's just that's probably yeah, my, I need to get like you. That's my biggest comfort food. It's just it's just so fucking well done. But uh I think I learned in watching things with like the Teddy Perkins episode and things like that, when you're going back, you understand a lot more of what people are talking about with the different references and nuances and everything on that storyline that again, you might not get with just that initial watch of like, what the fuck, or this is amazing. You know, there, there's, and shouts out to writers that write that stuff in or drop those little nuggets in there for people to find on subsequent rewatches, you know, it, don't be like me. I I'll I'll, pro- I'll inject Atlanta right now in my veins if I could. I love the shit out of that series. But uh, you know, definitely if you're on your rewatch game and you're really trying to dig in deep, you're only going to benefit yourself by paying that paying closer attention to what's going on. All right, last rule number eight, and maybe one of the most important, if not the most important, watch the trash too. Damn. Now that feels, um, feels like a personal shot. No, it's not. You could take it as such, but it's not. Basically, you know, uh, very few series are perfect. Yeah. Even even the best series, even our favorites, uh, they almost all have lulls. They almost all have bad episodes. They almost all have bad seasons mm-hmm. or bad arcs at the very least. And yet, if you are committing to a rewatch, you can't play it. You can't have it both ways. No. If you're committing to like a full series rewatch, you have to fully watch the series. And if it's a series that has too much trash, 
then I don't, maybe you shouldn't be wasting your time rewatching it to begin with. Yeah. But if it's a series that has a lull or a rough patch or a valley, you're not doing it right. You're cheating if you don't go through the whole ride. Yeah, that's. I could have very well have just gotten into because th- my my whole leftovers rewatch was sparked from a Twitter a, a text conversation between me, you, and Angel. Right. I think he started watching it. And through like osmosis, I'm like, shit, I'm really, I, I really got the urge to watch this. And I could have just went, yo, season two, flawless television. Let me just go there. I know the story. But again, I, I feel like I did myself a great benefit in suffering, you know, and, and, and I'm one of the ones, you know, season one well, for me, it wasn't all bad. It wasn't all bad. Well, um, you know, Leftovers is an interesting case too, because, you know, it's kind of, it kind of dulls what the thrill of rewatching because the, th- the thrill of rewatching usually comes from when you first press play. Yes. If that makes sense. But Leftovers is one of those shows that kind of grew into itself. So it's like you're really going through the growing pains rewatching yeah. that. Yeah. And, but like I said, like, like you, you text me over the weekend. It's like, you got to watch the baby Jesus episode. If you're going to get to guest, you have to. You have to. You 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 have. You're, you're only gonna because again, even if ep- every episode isn't a ten, and there's probably about three or four of those episodes in season one that you know can be considered close to that level. I think you're really messing up if you only watch the good stuff. Like I could I can make you the most fire Sopranos watch list of right. just, just straight hitters, but there's a lot of shit in you know those mid episodes that do pay off in the end exactly and i have i have volunteer i'm so desperate for people to get up on that show i have volunteered to make them like if this isn't you i can make you a list of what you need to watch in season one to get to it but you're still kind of cheating yourself with that. Yeah. you know like the, the the amount of care and attention that goes into shows like the leftovers with these intense serialized narratives and the scripts nothing is ever pointless it, some just some exactly. just doesn't hit it, it's as, it's all there as for well as it should. It's all there for a reason, and I think the greatest reward. Again, watching it the first time, the greatest reward for me was seeing all of the naysayers. A lot of them <laughs> that were you know co- now former coworkers who were like, "Damn, that season two is fired." Like, oh y'all y'all back now, huh? Y'all back? You didn't? I couldn't find anybody to talk to about the show back when it was originally airing. But uh, I, I, that's why I'm, I'm, cherishing, I'm cherishing hitting play on season two right now. It's just, it feels like I've gotten through the rough patch. I've gotten through a lot of the growing pains. And now it's just going to be straight heat week after week, episode after episode. Um, now, if we're talking a show like Dexter, Sons of Anarchy, that just falls off a cliff, maybe you don't really need to be rewatching that. Just rewatch <laughs> the good season. Get in, get out. Consider your choices is the unofficial ninth, the unofficial ninth yeah. rule. Consider your choices before watching. Damn. And on that note, I think we can we can wrap it up. Yeah, that's gonna do it for us this week. I think if you guys have any any other rules or anything you thought we missed, definitely let us know on Twitter or Instagram at Complex Pop. Uh, you should always you should already be subscribed to Watch Less if you're fucking with TV and movies. Where else would you go? Um, when you're done doing your rewatches, go back through our archives, see some of our, our, our flawless interviews with some of the most illustrious guests in the world of television and film. 
uh, subscribe to us. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can also fo- again follow us Twitter, Instagram at Complex Pop. We drop every Wednesday morning. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Get some. I want to see some reviews. I want to see some shares. If you want to at us on at Complex Pop and let the people know that you shared it with your people, I'd really appreciate that. That's going to do it for us this week. Um, for Frazier, I'm Cal. And as always, I'm advising you to stay the fuck inside. Wear your mask if you have to go outside. Wash your goddamn hands. Use some sanitizer, whatever you got to do. Tune in and watch less. Peace. Peace. Watch Less is hosted by Frazier Tharp and myself, Cal. Our producer is Taliba Newman. Associate producer and sound engineer is Jasmine Plata. Production manager, Chancel Correa. Talent booker, Anthony Allred. Junior booker, Austin Bailey. Our director of talent relations is Kristen Price Harrell. And our senior director of operations is Jen Stewart. Watch Less is a part of the Complex Podcast Network. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.